0: Well, just a couple of weeks ago, most of you went outside uh, to stare at that total eclipse. Hopefully you didn't just stare at it with your eyeballs and, and sunglasses, but you had to use some of those special glasses. Or maybe you, you tried what we did and made uh, one of those filters out of the box, and you looked through the box that helped you know, filter out the, the harmful rays of the sun. You see that little pinpoint uh, so that you could actually look at the eclipse. Uh, this morning, as we wrap up our series in the church, we're going to talk about the filter that God has built in and designed uh, for His church. A filter that allows us to diagnose, um, pursue the purity, faithfulness of the church. Is a church healthy? Is it moving in the right direction? Or is it drifting along in the ways of the culture, just sort of looking for a place to to find its moorings? Uh, And most of us, you've been among... The church for a while or among God's people in some context and there's times that you've gathered and you've kind of you have thought there's a little disconnect here between what it is we're doing as a church what it is I'm seeing and well what's what's happening throughout the week or there's something that just doesn't make sense um, and the attitudes and actions of those uh, coming together and now you have denominations, multiple denominations, prayer church church organizations everywhere. And so that landscape of the church gets kind of muddy. And uh, so a few weeks ago, we talked about the attributes of the church, um, or one church around the world, um, chosen by God as holy, founded upon the teachings of the apostles. And uh, what we're going to look at this morning is really the practical application of those attributes. Sometimes we call these the marks of the church, a filter in determining uh, true from false in the church. Uh, So we're going to use Revelation chapter 2 as the paradigm uh, for why this is important. We're going to read just this address to the church at Ephesus. We really could read all of the addresses to the seven churches as the living Christ exhorts them to do what is right, to grow, to be better at being the church. Um, so uh, here's where I'm going to ask you to stand with me again, just as you're getting comfortable. I ask you to stand again uh, as we submit to the authority of God's Word. From Revelation chapter 2, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. You have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you've abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Lord's instruction to this church, commending them and encouraging them in their walk. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for this word, for the time that we can spend now hearing from you. Lord, we're grateful that you've given us a word that we can read, that we can understand. We ask your help now, Holy Spirit, in our comprehension of it. You must illumine our hearts that we might know your word, uh, to seek your face, to walk faithfully in obedience. Uh, Guide us now as as you teach us um, more of your church, how to live and grow as your church. Open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. So we have a, a computer game at, at the house and we don't play it as often anymore, but it's one where you can pick a tractor. They're all green tractors, John Deere tractors. That and you just you can drive around the farm, whatever tractor that, that you pick, and then you can also um, put a you know, some sort of head on this tractor so that you can um, take in the crop, that you can harvest harvest a crop, whatever that may be, beans or corn. And, and uh, when you do that, there is a little, there's a little circle meter in the bottom corner of the screen, and it says efficiency on it. And so if you're driving all over the field and corn's flying everywhere, that efficiency meter just kind of stays on this end. But if you're tracking straight and you're not leaving any, you know, rows of crop there, well, then that efficiency meter starts to, to move over and then into the yellow and into the green. Um, it's got me thinking a little bit. Are, are we in the green as a church? Not John Deere, that's just a color. Not the John Deere green thing. But is there any sort of efficiency meter? Um, how can we live in greater conformity uh, with Jesus? Track straight in our work, in our worship as a church. It's important for us to remember that there's no, there's no treading water here. No treading water in the, the Christian journey or life in the church. We're either growing and, and moving in a healthy direction or we're falling back in our faith and obedience. That efficiency meter is always moving in life in the church. So look at where that meter is for the church in Ephesus. The Lord commends their labor. They're strong in orthodoxy. They're testing those who would claim to be teachers, who would claim to be apostles, but their love for Christ has faded. You know, and those, those two things always go together. There, no amount of orthodoxy, no amount of, of labor can make up for a deficiency of Christian love and a heart for Christ. The church needed to remember their foundation, their need for Christ. They needed to repent. So we see that they could be better at being the church. Their efficiency meter wasn't wasn't where it needed to be. Um, So this address to Ephesus, really every one of the churches in in Revelation 2 and 3, it reminds us that the purity of the church, um, that it's important to the Lord. It means a great deal to our God. The way in which we do church uh, makes a difference. So what has God given us to discern? Truth from error. I think we know the answer. Uh, he's given us His Word. He's working through His Word. And specifically, is the spoken Word and the visible Word that marks out um, not a church that's completely healthy. Revelation 2 warns against that. But one that is growing and maturing in the means of grace that God has given. So when mentioning the spoken Word, we're talking primarily... About this, about the expository preaching of God's Word. God has determined to act by His Spirit through the Word. He makes promises, gives us instructions through His Word. He's brought salvation through the living Word that is Jesus. It's the Word of God that grows us, that comforts us, sustains us, gives us hope. Man does not live on bread alone. But, I, but the every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the word, specifically the preach word, must be central to our worship, and the work of the church, or any other church, if that is to be healthy. Martin Luther, when asked about his compliments, we'll talk more about Martin Luther next week, but he is recorded to have answered, you know, I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. It was the Word that did it all. So I think as, you know, as my primary calling, but yours as well, mine to a different degree, we talked about that last week, um, to pour over the Word, to allow its message to be the message that is preached, and that should be your expectation of me or anyone else who would uh, stand and, and preach the Word of God. So honestly, when, when we do a topical series like this, that exposition is happening in, in bits and pieces. Um, instead of going to a, a text at the beginning of the week and not really sure what, is gonna, what it's going to look like towards the end or what's going to be said um, in a series such as this, we have an idea of what will be said, and, and the Bible informs uh, that topic. But on any topic, if it is not drawn from the Word and the message of the Word, it should be discarded. So the rubber on the road here, the mark that identifies a healthy church, is the centrality of preaching, its faithfulness to the Scriptures. Um, You must expect ministers of the Word to handle uh, God's Word rightly, diligently, uh, to look forward to the whole counsel of God. So that would mean you're providing gracious and helpful uh, feedback to your preacher, whether it's me or anyone else should spur us on to support those who are in training to preach the Word, knowing that for the church to, to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, the Word must be heard and preached faithfully. So, Another indicator of our health as a church, any church, is our belief in the Bible, what God has given us in this Bible as a whole. Um, remember those days. Occasionally they still happen when one of the kids will come and sit on my lap and I read a familiar story to them. Our, our bottom shelf is full of those familiar stories. Dr. Seuss, the big Dr. Seuss book. And uh, they'd sit in my lap and I'd, I'd read to them until sometimes I wanted to know if they were paying attention. You know, green eggs and ham, I will not eat them, Sam, I am. Um, and so occasionally I'd slip in a line and then, and then they'd, they'd sort of wait a minute dad that's not how it goes he will not eat them in the rain or in a train not on a plane but they they heard it enough so that when there is something strange something inconsistent in the story they pick up on it it's this way with the great story that god has given to us it's through the spoken breathed out word of god that we can understand who god is What He has done in redemptive history. It's a story that we know so well that allows us to filter what it is we're seeing, what it is we're hearing, learning every day. It's a story that tells us that our God is a creating God. He's created the whole world. He's created people in that world. He has initiated and created a covenant with a certain people. It's God who takes the first step. God who initiates. God who gives. God who comes to our rescue over and over again. It's a story that tells us He is a holy God. That He's actually concerned with what it is He's made. The God of, of creation, the God who reveals Himself to us in the Bible, He's not morally indifferent, He cares. He's personally engaged. What is we think? What is we say? What it is we do? How we respond to the events around us? So much so that God calls us to be holy as He is holy. To be perfect as He is perfect. Okay, gut check. How are you doing on the the perfect scale? Yikes. That's a problem for us. Perfection as a life without sin, that left us a long time ago. We're incapable of living life in relationship to a perfectly holy and righteous God if He does not do something about it. And He has through the Lord Jesus. The only way we can live in righteousness and holiness is if we are living through the One who alone is righteous and holy. If our lives are hidden with Christ, inseparable, only in that can we do those things that please a holy God. The story tells us that our God is a faithful God. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't leave us when we disappoint Him, when we fail Him. He remains true to His character. Faithful to His promises. Our God is a loving God. The simple reality that He would bear with a people like us, that He would send His own Son to die that we might live forever and ever. This is is what it means to love. The sacrifice of our God through Christ is at the very heart of love. Our God is a sovereign God. He orchestrates, controls whatever comes to pass. Nothing surprises Him in your life. The person sitting next to you and behind you, nothing surprises Him. You can't throw God for a loop. The God who began a good work in us is carrying that work on to completion in jesus and there's such great hope and joy in this right now as we rest in the sovereignty of god so why did i spend the last three to four minutes highlighting these truths because they are essential truths of the spoken word we start to swerve from these truths do not, do not believe from the heart this spoken word. What it says in our efficiency meter, our effectiveness at being a church goes down. We must know the story and the God of the story for to fend off attacks and the evil one and encourage one another in faithfulness. One more aspect of a healthy church that flows out of the spoken word. It's really our understanding of true conversion. We need to understand that for a heart of stone to become a heart of flesh, for dead, dry bones to live, change is necessary. Um, and not only is change necessary and needed, uh, but it's possible through the living word of God. Do you believe that? Sometimes I wonder if I actually believe that. That change is possible. Um, it doesn't, doesn't seem so, so often in our society as we look around um, you know someone's been caught once twice well then you sort of have a new label right once a convict always a convict kind of a, a mentality um, but when our hope for change and our hope for a fresh start is limited to our senses what it is we can hear and see and and touch then we're going to run out of resources pretty quickly Fall back into those familiar patterns of sin, of brokenness. But the gospel, the spoken word, with this word, changes possible. A true change of heart, a disposition towards the things of God. That's what produces a change in attitude and a change in behavior. Sometimes we're led to think that, well, this conversion is some sort of, of mental acceptance. You know, maybe you say a prayer, or you walk down the aisle, or you, you get these really cool feelings after coming off an evangelistic crusade, or a conference, or something like that. But that change can really be very small. I um, love this, this story of um, famous preacher Charles Spurgeon. He uh, was a priest in London in the 19th century, and apparently he was walking uh, along the streets of London, and... Uh, there was a man who was quite intoxicated leaning up against the pole. Hey, Mr. Spurgeon, you remember me? No, should I? Well, yeah, I'm one of your converts. To which he looked right at him and says, well, you must be one of mine because you're certainly not the Lord's. Um, He saw this over and over again. Following Christ is more than just a change of mind. An acknowledgement of some new identity. Yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a convert. Um, and there's the, other, there's the other aspect, a moral change. Um, we acknowledge Christ, well then we're going to clean up our acts. So kind of like the New Year's resolutions, I'm, I'm not going to say this anymore, I'm not going to do this anymore, I'm not going to go here anymore, I'm not going to do that. And then that becomes our measure of true conversion. But the spoken word tells us any real change of the heart must come by the spirit of God. Jesus says in John chapter 6, "No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him." Again the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, "The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned." True conversion to value what God values comes through the Spirit's work in the heart. Resting only in the merits of Christ. This is what drives continual repentance. It drives moral transformation. It's a love for Christ. A, a gratefulness for His finished work on that cross. That's what empowers us to live faithfully, to live obediently. So the health of the church, how we discern a true and faithful church from what is false measured by the use of the spoken word, but the Lord in His grace has also given to us a visible word. Um, The Lord created our humanness. He knows what it is we need. He knows how it is we learn, how it is we remember. provides for us in this. The message of salvation in Christ is told through the sacraments. Through this visible word, it's also told through the accountability and discipline of the church. We'll look briefly at these aspects of the visible word. Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit comes with great power. There's an explosion in the church. Explosion of life in the church, not like a bomb, but life in the church. Many are being added to the family of God. Then we read how they spent their time in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching... And the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, so the apostles' teaching, the spoken word that we've mentioned, but also the visible word, the sacraments of baptism. That's in uh, reference to that in verse thirty-eight, and the Lord's Supper. They are in place. They are a necessary part of life for the church. So that sacrament is an inward work of the Holy Spirit, unites us to Christ. When one is baptized responds to the gospel, embraces the covenant of God from the heart, then all of the benefits of that covenant among God's people apply to them. And at the Lord's table, this is an inward, inward work of the Holy Spirit. Our faith is renewed and strengthened. It's the fuel for our faith. Like our bodies need bread, our hearts need more of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Our hearts need more of Jesus. A popular author was sharing, after his uh, great aunt passed away, there were just boxes and boxes of stuff for the family to go through. And as they were going through this, they found a picture. And this aunt had, had never uh, married, but she had a relationship with, with a man that ended very tragically. Uh, a man that she loved very much. Uh, but she kept that picture I think, yeah, as as we get older, Um, sometimes it's easy for us to believe, um, or I should say maybe it's harder for us to believe that we mattered to someone, that someone really loved us like that, um, that someone cared for us like no one else did. As we get older, sometimes it seems like a dream, sometimes it seems like an illusion, except for that picture. You look at the picture. See, I didn't make this up. This really happened. This that's the bread and wine at this table. We're not making this up. It's not something we're inventing. This this is assuring us that God does love us. Jesus loved us this much. Here it is. Look at the picture. What a gift of restoring grace God has given to us uh, in this meal. It's important to understand with, uh, with with the visible preaching that we have in the sacraments, baptism, the Lord's table. Uh, they do not impart a saving grace upon those who who take part in them. Whether it's baptism or the Lord's supper, a person's heart can be changed. They can be counted among the people of God without going to the waters of baptism or without participating. And eating at the Lord's table. But that is not the norm in the church. In fact, it would be so abnormal in the life of the church that participation in the sacraments are given to distinguish the visible church, the spiritual health of that church. Luke 24. Remember, Jesus is walking with these two men on the road to Emmaus. These guys are talking about what has happened in Jerusalem. And Jesus is sharing with them and they're not putting it together. They're not putting it together until when? Until they break bread. The visible Word opens up the spoken Word to them. And poof, there's Jesus. And then He's gone again. The visible opens up the spoken Word. So for us as a church or any assembly... Uh, that's a church, to ignore the sacraments or to administer them flippantly or inconsistently, that that would be a great peril to the church. Uh, We know that churches are going to do this differently. Not all churches practice the sacraments the same. Um, Our faith seeks understanding. Our practices seek purity and health of the church to the greatest extent um, possible. Um, And though we may not consider some practices as healthy for a local church, if the gospel is not compromised, the gospel is present, and we do not need to doubt uh, that a true church exists. The Lord continues to serve us as we follow Him in obedience, follow Him through uh, the sacraments. The visible word is also known uh, through the discipline of the church. I know we hear that word and we go, ugh, here we go again. Discipline. Uh, It just has these negative corrective connotations. You know, who am I to judge? Right? Why, why are we talking about this? Um, and if judgment is determining who is in the kingdom of God and who is not, sort of looking down our nose in superiority, then yeah, there's no such place for that. We don't hand out sentences in the church. But we need to remember is that the creator God, the God of the story, He is a judging God. He is the judge of all men. Because of His absolute holiness and perfection and sovereignty. And so to a lesser degree then, as image bearers of our Creator, we're called to judge. To judge well. The state is given responsibility to judge. That's Romans 13. We're instructed to judge ourselves. Here's where it starts. Let a person examine himself, Paul says, when approaching the table. 2 Corinthians 13. He says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test? So God is always encouraging. He's really in the business of of encouraging and challenging us with the gospel all the time. We're to be continually exercising sound judgment with ourselves and with those within the body of Christ. Those outside the community of faith they're not under the discipline and accountability of the church. It should, should not surprise us in any way the things that are said or done contrary to the living word of God outside the church. But within the church, among brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have a responsibility to love one another, exercising judgment well, with humility, with compassion, with grace. I love how... Uh, Pastor Chung describes this life-on-life exercising of the Word. He says, God's ongoing redeeming work through His living Word and people as they fight the fight of faith together to exalt Christ and protect the purity of His bride. Until we see discipline like that, is the redeeming work of God among His people for the glory of Christ and our efficiency meter is going to struggle so let me ask you, if you're looking in the mirror now after going through this just so many weeks, what do you see? Are we healthy? Are we moving in a healthy direction as a church? Are we encouraged by the ministry of the Word, the work of the Spirit, through the Word in our, in our hearts and our minds? Are we praying that the Lord would grow our faith, grow our dependence upon Him? And as a church, as His people, we pursue what pleases Him above all. We pursue this through the spoken word and through the visible word that He's given. God be praised for the living word. The church to which He has entrusted it to us. That's us. Let us let's celebrate. Pursue the dignity, the beauty, the purity of the church at all times and in every place that the Lord has called us. Turn to your bulletins one last time. You see that little paragraph Three sentences, I think it is. I'd like us to recite this together as we close our time in God's Word in this series on the church. Would you read this along with me? The church is a delight to the heart of God and the recipient of His love. The people of God bear witness to His salvation in Jesus Christ and are the embodiment of His intention for the world. Let our worship be unceasing as we proclaim His grace and redemptive purposes unto the ends of the earth. Father, that is our desire. To proclaim Your grace. To proclaim Your redemptive purposes unto the ends of the earth. You have called us to this. Made us Your very own. We thank You for Your spoken word to us. We thank You that You feed us now through the visible Word and the sacrament, strengthen our faith. Strengthen our our first love and that of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in His name we pray. Amen.